in a world where Mad Lab Theater. What are you doing? Making the Mad Lab ad for Cinema Wheeler Tay. Oh, here's my other one. Susan thought it was just another day, and then she met Mad Lab. Why don't you just say that Mad Lab is the new works theater in downtown Columbus, featuring hilarious comedies, powerful dramas, improv with FFN, the annual Young Writers Festival, and the longest running shorts festival in central Ohio, Theater Roulette. That sounds pretty awesome, especially when I do it over the Star Wars theme. Star Wars is always a good choice. Mad Lab, the original. For more information, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or visit us at madlab.net. Episode of Cinema Wheeler Tay. It's uh, Scott, Tony, and Sean once again. Hey. And we're joined by uh, another very special guest, uh, a good friend of very ours. Yes, yeah, a very special guest. Very, very special very, guest. Very, very special guest. Frank Garcia. Thanks a lot for coming on, Frank. Thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah. And, uh,. We're here today to discuss, <laughs> this is going to be a very special podcast. A very, very, very special <laughs> podcast. <laughs> you know, unique in, in every way, but it's, uh, I think for Tony especially, this this is a very special podcast because this is the first appearance of her her hero, her favorite yes. actress, Audrey Hepburn. I feel like we should insert a pause here. <laughs> Audrey Hepburn. First? <laughs> yeah. first? <laughs> the first time you saw her? <laughs> what in Sabrina? Yeah, it was actually. Oh, okay. oh wow! Uh, so this is very. <laughs> yeah, so this I didn't realize quite, that. You know, quite significant. But I know that she's a uh, uh, your personal hero. Like, if you had to pick one actress Absolutely. or actor, mm-hmm. movie yeah, star, she is my my star. Yeah. So yeah, that's the movie we're discussing today the the original 1954 Sabrina, which stars Humphrey Bogart, Audrey Hepburn, and William Holden. It was directed by Billy Wilder. Yeah. Uh, I I um. I'm excited to talk about this, not just for Audrey, obviously, and she's certainly a, a major part of this, but it features three icons of, yeah. of, of mm-hmm. classic Hollywood. You have Humphrey Bogart, who's one of the biggest movie stars, I think, of all time, you yeah. know, certainly in the top five. I'd say Absolutely. Audrey, especially for actresses, would be in the top five. Which I think she is. I think they've done... Mm-hmm. She was, I think. I think she think. came in as number three or four. I was excited. I think on that AFI list, it was like... <laughs> yeah, a ca- the two Hepburns were yeah. like back to back. I think it was like yeah. Catherine Hepburn number one. Then I feel like it was Ingrid Bergman and Audrey. It was like mo- pretty much all my favorite actresses were in the top five. So <laughs> Those would probably be all my favorite actresses, yeah. <laughs> too. So that was a great, that was a great uh, yeah. list. Uh, and then you have, uh, I think, the most underrated movie star of that era. Like, he's certainly noted and people know who he is. Yeah. But I think William Holden is even better than people realize. Like, mm-hmm. I've yeah. loved William Holden virtually everything I've seen him in, including this. Sunset Boulevard. Oh, Sunset yeah. Boulevard. And if you go later into his career, one of my favorite movies, Network, he delivers a fantastic performance in that, too. Mm-hmm. So, And if you like the chemistry, which was real, between Audrey Hepburn and William Holden, I encourage you all to check out... A bubblegum gem of a movie called Paris When It Sizzles. I think it came out in 1966, like the late 60s, mid to late 60s. It stars Audrey Hepburn and William Holden 
and it's just a fun kind of quirky um, movie based and filmed in Paris. Um, and it's just fun. So if you like yeah. the two of them together, check that out. It's kind of ironic, though. And if they call it Paris when it sizzles, your romance had long fizzled by that. <laughs> right, yeah. Yes. Well, I agree. for Audrey, but he still loved her. Oh, well, yeah. I don't think anybody ever stopped loving Audrey. So yeah, that's no. fair to say. Yeah. Yeah, but we need more William Holden posters, I guess. We, you know, do. we, we do. We need William Holden posters from Network, the old rugged William Holden. Rugged William Holden. And there are Humphrey Bogart posters. Oh, yeah. a ton, yeah. you know. Mostly from Casablanca, where he's just kind of leaning over a table. Yeah. yeah, and you'll get the Maltese Falcon posters occasionally, too. Yeah. yeah. That's so funny when I was reading up on things, and, they, and people refer to him as Bill. I'm like, Bill who? Oh, William Yeah, Holden. Bill Holden. I yeah. Like, yeah. I just, you know, I figured I'd be calling William, because that's how I looked at this <laughs> Yeah, a lot of film buffs are like, that's Bill Holden. It's like, I always see him credited as William Holden <laughs> yeah, myself, but, you know. I hate yeah. when they shorten think, yeah, <laughs> famous yeah, people's names and throws people off. They're like, what? Like Robert well, Downey Jr., Bob, Bob. It's just like when they call Catherine Hepburn Kate. Yeah, yeah. they do call her Kate Hepburn. Do you call, what do you call Bogart? Hump? Bogey. Yeah, they, they call him Bogey. Bogey, yes. Bogey, yeah. 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 Jimmy Cagney as opposed to James Cagney. Yeah, that's, that's another. Right. Jimmy Stewart one. as opposed to James. But on all of the credits, it says James Stewart. But nobody ever calls him James Stewart. No. Everybody calls exactly. him Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. Yeah. They call that's Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando. Sir. Yes, sir. No, sir. Mr. Brando. Mr. Brando, probably, yeah. Yeah, Brando probably changes that every day, you know, knowing him. Is he still alive? No, he died no. about ten years ago. Okay. Probably about ten years ago. Probably died crazy. Yeah, crazy. I bet. <laughs> um, but with Sabrina, like, well, it was directed by Billy Wilder, who's one of my favorite filmmakers. Uh, Billy Wilder directed like a series of great films. Is it Bill Wilder? It's, <laughs> it's William Wilder. To yeah. it yeah, should yeah, be yeah, William, William Wilder. Wilder. We should pay him due respect. Which I believe how he always credited himself. As yeah. And uh, he was, um, he directed so many great Hollywood pictures like Sunset Boulevard, which mm-hmm. he mentioned. He did Some Like It Hot, um, Double Indemnity, and The Lost Weekend, just to name a few. And oh, his, yeah. The Apartment with Jack Lemmon is one of them. All, all yeah. amazing movies. They are. And which is promoted in this movie, The Seven Year Itch. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. great marketing. If you haven't seen any of the movies we just mentioned, go watch them. They're right. all amazing. He knew how to tie things in, just like yeah. Marvel. You know, Billy Wilder is ahead of the curve. He was ahead of his time. Right yeah, now. he was ahead yeah. of the curve. This is kind of like a Marvel movie. <laughs> oh, in so many ways. Um, um, but he. Um, He's his movies are very like uh, there's like an undercurrent of he's very sardonic. Yeah, I, that's one of the things I was going to talk about too. I love just kind of like the the wry humor and the fun dialogue mm-hmm. in this movie particularly. They're always great to listen to yeah. his movies. I don't know. I took it. Maybe it's just the mood I was in watching it again because I've seen it several times. Like we all have, right? Right. And I kept walking away. It's like not so wry as creepy. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think, well, I think you know there are definitely certain parts with. Uh, I think the funny ones were probably Bogart, and then um, I don't know the actor's name, but the gentleman who played their father, he was very funny. I mean, some yes. of the things, remember everything with the olives, and he kept, every time someone would say the name Sabrina, he's like, Sabrina, who's Sabrina? The garage girl. Yeah, he's yeah. like, who? You know, like, he was kind of like, he was a little distorted from reality, like, mm-hmm. he didn't really know what was going on, yeah. and his, he was very reactionary, and his reactions were always very funny. Mm-hmm. Um and some of the things, like, I remember the one scene where he's talking with Linus, and they're talking about Sabrina, and he's like, who's this garage girl? And he's like, what have I spawned, two idiots? And he just, he's sort of over the top. I did like, that was one of my and favorite lines. Did I spawn two idiots? Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I know for sure I won, but two? And I also like, I actually have it here, the uh, exchange where 
Sabrina first returns from Paris, and David had given her a ride home, but David doesn't know that Sabrina is Sabrina. And they get to the house, and um, she says, you know, do you really want me to come to the party tonight? And he says, yes, very much. And then Linus is sort of walking by, and he goes, hello, Sabrina. And she says, hi, Linus. He says, um, and then David goes, says, Sabrina, like looks around, and then Linus says, did you have a good time in Paris? She says, yes, thank you. And David says, Sabrina, look again, and he's looking around. And then Linus says, you look all grown up, and she says, thank you. And... Um, David says again, Sabrina, like he's like questioning, yeah. and then Linus goes, why does he keep saying that? <laughs> <laughs> and just like funny things like that, but, I, to me, made me laugh, you know. Yeah, I know, there are a lot of great exchanges in this movie, yeah. and the dialogue, it, 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 it's great to listen to dialogue that's so well written and crisp, you know, mm-hmm. it's flavorful, like a lot of movies, sometimes dialogue is just expository and that's it, but this is a movie that actually yeah. puts a lot of effort, which is Billy Wilder's trademark, mm-hmm. on a lot of that stuff. So... Uh, Tony, I was going to ask you, like, what was the first time you'd ever heard of this movie and of Audrey Hepburn, and uh, what was your first impression of it when you first saw it for the first time? Well, the first time I saw it, um, growing up, um, my parents divorced young, unfortunately, and I remember a good chunk of, I would say, probably, like, my early years from the time that I was, you know, born until I was about five, um... My dad, late at night, he loved old movies, and he used to watch sort of classic movies on. He could, you know, he had problems sleeping, going through the divorce, and things like that, and, you know, having three young girls, and I used to wake up in the middle of the night, and I'd go downstairs, and he'd be watching movies or laying on the couch, and I would cuddle up with him, and I would watch the old movies with him, and I remember watching Sabrina a few times, and I really liked Audrey Hepburn. I, I didn't know who she was. You know, I was a kid. This was obviously way pre-internet, um, but I just really liked her face you know I liked her as an actress I thought she was um there was just something very captivating about her and it was probably the fact that she's very childlike you know and quirky and elfin I think exactly exactly yeah. very elfin, used to describe yes, her. Very elfin mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I think that is certainly an, an attractive quality to a child especially a young, a young girl mm-hmm. um so that's really the first time I remember seeing it was late at night with my dad um and then fast forward you know Six, yeah, or no, about mm, 12, 13 years, and I got into high school, and I started doing theater really heavily, um, and I used to have a lot of classmates and stuff say, oh, you remind me of Audrey Hepburn, and I didn't know who that was, like, I just had no idea, and I remember the one day I googled Audrey Hepburn, and I was like, oh my goodness, her, and then it was kind of like this, that's the actress I liked as a kid, you know, mm-hmm. and so then that really stemmed my um, public love affair, with mm-hmm. Audrey Hepburn. Um, Doris Day was that for me. She, she was, was like that for she you. was like my uh, uh, mom, you know, the, the mm-hmm. perfect mom. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. All the movies and everything. So I kind of fell for same kind yeah. of on the same lines as a kid and you know, and oh my gosh, yeah, the whole It, it just yeah. stays with you. Like yeah, something no. like that, it just stays with you. And um, so then, you know, I really got into I got that box set D V D and really started watching, you know, renting her movies and stuff, um, and just sort of fell in love with her. And in a lot of ways uh, not just as a girl who used to, I used to be very heavy into theater and act and stuff. I really watched her as a role model and took a lot of qualities and elements about her style that I felt like were relative to my own. But in some ways, I feel like she shaped who I am. And I know that might sound silly um, or pr- frivolous, but really, I really truly feel like that. I mean, growing up, you know, my parents were divorced and I didn't live with my mom. So I didn't have a mom or like a, you know, in the house per se. Um, and I don't know, Audrey, in some ways, I think, filled that void. And she was that person for me that taught me how to be elegant and how to be uh, graceful and how to be, like, you know, very ladylike and um, 
So it sounds silly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It sounds kind of silly to some, but so that's some of why she's very important person to me. But yeah, I mean, that's really my um, first recollections of the movie. But of course, as you know, the movie is, this movie is also the namesake of my beloved cat who is playing in her toys right now. <laughs> her name is Sabrina. And, Say uh, hi, Sabrina. Sabrina! <laughs> Just peeked out of the basket. Doesn't uh, doesn't act on cue, unfortunately, folks. She's not an actress. Like, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. She is. She's just temperamental. That's yes. right. She yeah. is. Yes. Um, so it's funny because I was actually uh, when I got this box set, it has a couple Audrey movies in it. Sabrina was in there, and so I popped it in. And I used to watch it a lot in college. I would just have it on in the background while I would do homework or get ready or whatever. And when Sabrina was a kitten, because I've had her since she was six weeks old. She used to sit on the end of my bed, like she still does now. And the TV, my bedroom was like right there at the end of the bed. And she would just watch this movie. And in the very beginning of the movie, Audrey does probably about a two-minute narration. Um, well, when, she, when, when Audrey would narrate, every time she would say, Sabrina, because she said the name Sabrina multiple times in the narration, Sabrina, my cat, would meow. It was the <laughs> cutest thing, like no lie. She'd be like, <laughs> and because her name was not originally Sabrina, it was Lily, was her name. And uh, I was like, Do you like this movie? I looked at her and I was like, Do you like this movie? And she like, looked over with her little kitten eyes. She was like, Bah-ah. Fortunately for her, you weren't a fan of Breakfast at Tiffany at the time, otherwise, she'd be named Cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, anyway, that's how Sabrina right. got her name. So I said, Okay, well, I said, Do you like the name? I said, Do you like the movie, this movie called Sabrina? And when I said Sabrina like that, she like did the little meow. And I said, do you like that name? And I said it again, and she kind of, And I said, okay, I'll call you Sabrina. And that's really, truly how she got her name. That's awesome. That is awesome. I mean, I always knew there was a backstory to that, so I was kind of curious on it. And uh, Frank, how did you come across this movie yourself? Like, was it a... Oh, I don't even remember. I mean, just catching a lot of movies. I remember just uh, seeing, you know, Audrey Hepburn. I mean, Charade. Charade comedy was my intro to Audrey Hepburn. Which is a great movie. Because I was Cary Grant fan first and foremost oh god you know, so you know Great. I was intrigued by him and kind of like her with, with, with Audrey Hepburn you know it was like oh this is this is how you this is how you be a gentleman because my yeah. parents were divorced and you know the same kind of thing didn't really have a, a good male role model and he be, kind of became that surrogate mm-hmm. so I mean you wouldn't tell by the way I'm dressed today but you know I, I do you know his attention to detail I've read his biography and just the things like about him that I found interesting mm-hmm. um, but yeah so he was my intro into that so I got into charade and then kind of backed into the Audrey movies from there mm-hmm. um, and then you know Roman Holiday of course and then Sabrina um, what's the others but yeah I mean Breakfast I, I, at Tiffany's of course Breakfast at Tiffany's uh, that to me was kind of one of those life changing movies mm-hmm. and like wow so, I mean, I talk about that later. How that you know that mm-hmm. in the pantheon of Billy Wilder movies, you know, Sabrina, I have a tough time with because some of the others. <laughs> right. But, you know, yeah. so I, I, started, I thought about that someone. My, my bias might be a little bit because it's black and white. Uh, the set's yeah. only the only one black and white, and that might be biasing me. But that's how I came into it. And you know, who doesn't fall in love with Audrey once they see her? You know, and that, that yeah. whole thing. So. Yeah, I had the same reaction to her because uh, well, my first react, the first time I'd ever heard of Sabrina. Was not from this movie. In the 90s, the mid-90s, 1995, they released a remake with mm-hmm. Harrison Ford and Greg Kinnear. Which isn't bad, really. I haven't seen it myself, but oh. you know, I remember being advertised and my mom got really irritated. She's like, why do they have to remake all these classic <laughs> movies? I, that's a great movie. You can't improve on this movie. I, and, you know. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's a good movie. I think it stacks up favorably. I and think... Greg Kinnear is a great... Um, 
the younger brother. David, I mean, yeah. David, he is, he's, I mean, actually what's kind of funny about that you mentioned that, that got me this like, I think Greg Kinnear can actually act. The other things I've seen him in, he was kind of a fluff actor, and I'm like, yeah. this guy's got some chops, you know, he can actually act. So, and it was, uh, and then in, um, oh, what was it? As good as it gets, you know. As good as it gets. Yeah, 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 that was like, oh my god, there he is. And he played JFK in like a HBO. I don't know. It was about a ten-hour miniseries type thing called JFK. Was Katie Holmes was Jackie, and she did a great job as Jackie. Mm -hmm. Um, But he was great as JFK in that. Yeah. I mean, I think that's more recent, but still. But I think the remake's kind of fun to watch. They're kind of fun to watch. I've never seen it. I will say this. I don't know the actress who played Sabrina, but those are some big, beautiful shoes to film. Oh. Trying to even Julia Armand be on the same kind of like scale as Audrey. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Good remember you. Yes. I think that that'd be tough. <laughs> doing doing remakes is tough in general. Right. But trying to You know who played uh, the Audrey? Who? Role? Uh Julia Armand who played in Mad Men, she was uh the mom of um John uh, was Don Draper's wife. Megan's mom. Megan's mom. Yeah, that's, oh, that's, that's who played. She was French in that. Yeah, yeah, she was French. Oh, okay. They took it kind of literally. Yeah. <laughs> they cast a French actress <laughs> to play some of the. Well, girls. she's not even French in the movie. No, she's she, not. she goes to she France. She goes to France. Yeah, yeah. but. Uh, uh, then, of course, there's Harry Ford, our our favorite movie oh, yeah. star. As he's kind of like the Humphrey Bogart, though. I think he would yeah. be a good choice as a Bum- yeah. Oh yeah, Bogart replacement. He is. Well, plus, I think in the remake, the thing I like is that they kind of took some lessons from the movie. They didn't make the Asian ones quite so pronounced. Yeah, right? and I yeah. think that helped a little bit. Yeah. It does, yeah, because you know he's all about maybe about ten years older than Greg Kinnear anyway, probably in real life. Yeah, so versus, that kind I mean, of well, for, I just meant more like versus Armand. He wasn't yeah I mean, thirty Armand years older. Yeah. 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 She, clearly that much older too. Yeah. Yeah, well, Humphrey, Humphrey. I mean, Bogart looked old at probably thirty. I mean, the guy never did. looked young, did he? I mean, the guy no, looked, like, he always looked old and he always looked weathered, like he'd exactly. lived life. You yeah. know, he was never. And Audrey always looked young and youthful, even when she was, you know. <laughs> That's true. At, in Breakfast at Tiffany, she was in her thirties. Yeah, I think he was like dying when this movie was made. Was he? he actually was yeah. diagnosed with cancer, yeah, yeah, so he yeah. probably was ill, yeah. not knowing. Well, what I've heard too is that Bogart was hell on the set too, because yeah. okay, you were talking he about had Harry... a beef with Billy Wilder, though. Yeah, he did. He had a beef with pretty much everybody on the set. Learned, <laughs> yeah. Um, for one, Billy Wilder's first choice for Linus was Cary Grant, who you mentioned earlier, yeah. which makes sense. Like it's like way the roles. Pres- Presented and you said, I could see Cary Grant in this. Well, I said that earlier. But that would make this movie, I think. Well, that's my first completely different film. I I have to, I'm very proud of myself because I watched that and I watched Roman Holiday, and again, before the internet. And the first thing I'm thinking of, why the hell did they cast Cary Grant? He'd have been perfect in those films. And And then I find out later he was the first choice in both of those and turned him down. So I'm like, oh, I'm a genius. But yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he turns down a lot. Like, you learn, like, okay. It's like, well, I guess he, you know, I have a feeling that Cary Grant was offered every single script in Hollywood because at that point because he was the that's point true. guy. Right. In all fairness, every leading man role movie would have been Cary Grant. Yeah, I bet that's probably what happened. Yeah. So, number two is Bogart, which is an interesting number two for the same role, but yeah. he kind of resented that. I think there was a lot of insecurity he felt for being the second choice because he was such a big star. And I guess he got frustrated with Audrey because it was like maybe her second. It was her second film, and I guess she yeah. had to, she had to do a lot of takeovers. She was insecure. With, she well, that's funny. I look at so that. So he would get frustrated with right. Oh my yeah. goodness, he's got that famous okay. quote about yeah. you like Audrey like making twenty seven takes, right? Yeah. Well, I did some more research on that. It was interesting, and they interview with Billy Wilder later in life, and he says, "I don't remember that many. There wasn't many takes with Audrey. Audrey was a professional, but then it comes out more and more about all the rewrites they were doing on the fly." And then uh, filming them like and doing like yeah. and they said they did one like in eighty takes. 
So I think a lot of that was Bogart's general frustration with everything. And yeah. he didn't interpret that as Audrey, yeah. but really right. it was rewrites. But he, and stuff. later he apologized to Billy, supposedly yeah. when he was near death. He apologized to Billy. That's for true, I read that. Him. Yeah. But it's interesting, like all that interplay, but it's, I think it's like, you know, I think the best part of almost any movie is all that backstory. Yeah, the How these people get here and what they're like and what they show on screen and what they're like in real life. But oh. I don't know. I don't, did Bogart get, I mean, I don't know his story. Did he get along? Was he like hell on a lot of sets? That's what I was wondering no. too. Like I haven't done, it sounds like I've never really heard too yeah. many complaints about Bogart uh, out in the open. You know, maybe as we get further into different films, we might learn more. But I, my impression of him was he was a pro. And it sounds like if he was diagnosed, I bet you that's exactly what caused that tension. I don't think he was diagnosed. I think he yeah. just... Well, he, he said, said he was going through personal issues. At that's what he said, yeah. yeah. That's probably yeah. what, you know. I like... <laughs> Go ahead. I just talk about uh, Cary Grant, though. The reason he, the reason they state that he turned this movie down is because he had to have hold an umbrella on screen. <laughs> which seems to be his stupidest reason. That can't be right. <laughs> what? That can't be. Well, that, he, held a, he said he didn't want to hold an umbrella on screen, but I... But I, oh, but, that's so silly. But, <laughs> I'm hoping this is true. <laughs> Billy's, Billy Wilder's comment, though, said he said that he felt that Kerry didn't feel comfortable with him as a director. Like he was uh-huh. very, like he was very reluctant to try new things. Gotcha. So he was very, like uh, I don't know about that. So I think that was, you know, who knows what that story. He would be perfect for Billy because he's oh, great yeah. at that dialogue. Yeah. He's yeah, good he at that sharp wit yeah. 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 And he would be a great. I mean, he would definitely he be a William Holden. <laughs> like he could play that older brother that William. Really oh, that, yeah. that you uh-huh. believe, actually yeah. believe would be able to take Audrey from I, home. I'd love to work with you, Billy, but you know about my no umbrella policy. <laughs> like, what the hell? I know. Actually, it'd be more like, what's the Cary Grant voice? Um, he'd be like, Billy, Billy, Billy. <laughs> but you know, though, there could be a grain of truth in that. The simple fact that, you know, you read his bio- Cary Grant's biography. He never played a penguin, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> but how that was exacting r- he was on <laughs> everything, and every piece of his attire, and every piece of his... Yeah. His, his yeah. persona was his performance, his whole angle, how he held himself, where he put his hands, and how he rehearsed all that. So maybe for all we knew, an umbrella would throw off those lines that he yeah. had in his head about how he was supposed to look. Yeah. You know, or, or like we would call now, what they refer to as the uh, the product. Um, uh, what do you call that? You know, you're marketing yourself. Whatever. Like a brand. Your your brand. brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brand doesn't, an umbrella yeah. doesn't work with the Cary Grant brand. So I maybe there's some truth to that. I mean, I can kind I don't of remember, Do you remember the umbrella? Yeah, it's actually referenced a lot because Sabrina always tells Linus, she says, you know, she's like, she's like, first rules about Paris, never carry an umbrella. And uh, then she talks about, and, or a briefcase, because right. he always carries the umbrella yeah. in the briefcase in case But I think rains. it's supposed to be like, well, I'm always prepared. You know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm always, yeah. I'm a, or plus, I'm a pessimist. My brain. I gotta carry an umbrella. Yeah, you know? yeah because exactly. Because in the beginning when she's doing the narration, and she says, you know, and David, you know, Linus Larry goes to work every day at exactly... Eight something o'clock and carries an umbrella and in case it rains and then brief. Booker did not you know, need that effect though. The dude no. was dead serious no matter what. Yeah. He would have bought the fact that oh he was this serious bank of a businessman easily. Oh, easily, yeah. easily. You know, I really love his performance here too because despite whatever problems, like I heard he was rough with the cast and crew in general, but he is excellent in this movie and I actually yeah. like the fact that it was Bogart as opposed to Cary Grant because it's not an obvious choice but it's also the perfect choice because he is a weathered guy You, be- I don't believe that Cary Grant would be this lonely businessman I completely buy that Bogart's That's this true. lonely businessman who has yeah, cut I, off life it's the Casablanca effect yeah. you know of the guy yeah. that has a past the script. I, I think the script for this kind of love triangle though I think it, Humphrey Bogart makes it weird the love triangle weird. It does. I don't buy that Audrey. Creepy. Someone you're looking for. Yeah, I yeah. don't buy that her character would fall for him. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's still what I want with David. I would buy more as you fall for a character. Well, so the problem with Bogart, yeah. to your point, though, is that you know he needs to convey vulnerability, which yeah. he, he can't do. I mean, the man is a gangster. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't yeah. portray vulnerability. That's the yeah. problem I had. Like, when he's talking about, where, you know, like the woman who broke his heart. No, another woman. What? Yeah. <laughs> well, I would say this, though. Like, the, the scene in the boat, there's sadness in Bogey's yeah. eyes when he's yeah. talking about his That's past. True. And you can really yeah. start to feel like, okay, this guy has a past. He's been hurt. That's yeah. why he's so much more grounded than maybe David, because he's yeah. had all these experiences, and he takes things very seriously. And I like the song, too. We have no bananas. Yeah. We have no bananas. You know, I wonder, though, because this movie is a hyper movie. I mean, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. I just yeah. wonder how much that bothered him. That's what I was yeah. going to say, and it is rumored to be true that he was um, a little jealous, uh, not just of Audrey being getting all the close-ups, as it supposedly recorded him saying, you know, mm-hmm. Audrey got more close-ups than him, but just the fact that this movie was not about him, and I think that it was more so a reality check, because he was looking around and seeing, there's a new generation of Hollywood coming in, and I'm phasing out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he realized... Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think he realized he's getting older, mm-hmm. and... He's just slowly starting to phase out while these new people that are fresh and different, like Audrey, is the new wave that's coming in. And I'm looking at it from the, the, the perspective of these people are all legendary to me now in this day and age. Like, I don't look at it as, like, this, as a contemporary where I'm watching yeah. it in the 50s and, yeah. like, you see Bogart. It's like, oh, he's an older star. I want the fresh new faces. You know, you're thinking, like, oh, all these legends are in a movie together. This is yeah. great. Yeah. I will say on your note, the poster for this movie, the way they marketed it, and this was only like Audrey's the one I saw. Movie. Yeah, it's like her second movie. Yeah, but she's fresh off Academy Awards. If you guys can see it, it says the fairest lady of them all, Audrey Hepburn, and one of our most luscious that's hits. Not, I don't think that's an actual. I think somebody uploaded that because this is from Breakfast at Tiffany's. That dress and that hat. Believe me, I know. Oh. That is the Breakfast at Tiffany's photo. I think somebody recreated this. I, I truly this do. Is it. This one is a lot more sadder, where it's uh, Humphrey Bogart sniffing her <laughs> and then looking really irritated and disgusted. That might have been a set, set photo. <laughs> oh, man. Those are terrible illustrations, by the way, of both stars. Oh, my uh, God. Oh, my God. Those are awesome, by the way. They're still kind of fun. I know. They are. I love that stuff. Yeah, William Holden is not on this, by the way. <laughs> no, I think the original photo is like the three of them like standing side by side. Or yeah, that's that's a good photo, that, too. Or even like the one that I photoshopped of us on the, way, on the Facebook. Facebook page, check it out. Um, I think that that kind of might be one of the original like shots for the promo shots for the mm-hmm. movie. That is definitely Breakfast at Tiffany's. That Audrey Hepburn. Um, one thing I did want to point out though about this movie, um, in terms of being an Audrey movie, this film was adapted from a play called Sabrina Fair, mm-hmm. and it was adapted at Audrey's request. So this really truly is an Audrey movie. I mean, this was made with the intent of. Being a vehicle for her. So she spearheaded this project. Pretty much, yeah. Like, okay. Sabrina Fair was the name of the play, um, and it was it, the same story, but I think Audrey had seen it somewhere along the line and really liked it and um, thought that'd be fun, you know, to do as a movie, and one thing led to another, and, um, you know, well, it became a movie. Well, she had to have been red hot after Roman Holiday. Oh, that was yeah. such a and big breakout. Oscar. And yeah. she got also, not just an Oscar, I'd like to add a Tony Award. 
Yes. For her role as Dean on Broadway with Mel Ferrer. Mm. So she was a You can't get Tony, any hotter than that. Exactly. No, and an Oscar winner all in the same year. Everybody wanted her. So. And 22 and gorgeous. Exactly. Yeah. Really? Wow. I mean, the world is at her feet. And single at the time. She wasn't yeah. married yet. So. Yeah. Well, she got a... The, the, the package they put together for this was great. Yeah. A, 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 a first-rate director, two first-rate co-stars. Were those studio people, though? I mean, were they all on the contract? To, who was it that did this? Paramount. 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 Were they studio? Paramount was Audrey's studio. Was, I do was, know that. was Bogart, too, though? You just signed with them. I think this is like, okay. This so this is first movie. Okay. I think the studio system was kind of the fifties was like the end, midpoint. End, I think yeah. between the old studio system when it's starting to crumble, where they're starting to get yeah. their own contracts out there and stuff. Um, well, but that's interesting. I'd like to look that up to and, see if you know why you know he. But I, if there's a there's a little promo fluff piece. Have you guys seen that online? Oh yeah. About that and you know the studio head talking about we got this great cast and Humphrey's so excited like no he wasn't. I mean whatever. He's like lighting up a cigarette. But then there's that thing that says about like I thought the most ironic thing was a lot of people saying well Humphrey didn't want to be in this movie because he thought the it was the age thing was too big of a deal. Yeah. And like, how could that be true? You just did that in real life. I mean, your wife, yeah. your wife in real life is 30 years younger than you. I'm confused. That cannot have been the real reason. <laughs> well, it's funny though that you said that because that, that was the other reason he was upset because he wanted Lauren Bacall to right. play Sabrina. He'd been a lot happier. That's probably that. why he was yeah. more upset. That's because it wasn't Lauren You're not getting Bacall. this way. But exactly. I think you're, it all ties back with my earlier about how you know he's not he's not he's not the master of his domain like yes. he used to be. Yeah. You know he doesn't call the shots. I want yeah. to call. It used to have happened. Now it's yeah. like no, no, no. This movie was made for Audrey. You're oh, in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Audrey, you know? Exactly. So, yeah. I think, I all think there that was a lot of resentment. Time. There is more yeah. so resentment, I think, and also reality check because he was realizing things are changing. And like maybe like he wasn't feeling well probably because exactly. of this after that. I That's mean true. all these things are probably in a Motivators. way on whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Plus or, I mean every actor is insecure. Yeah, uh, how great you are! You're always insecure to certain. Well, you're things. always worried about when is your sh- when is your star going to stop shining? Yeah, you're always concerned about. Mm-hmm. Well, I think Humphrey Bogart would would develop and if he had lived longer into this great character actor in his later years. Like maybe he wouldn't be the star, but he right. would definitely because he's got the persona to be a mm-hmm. person that's not. Maybe the star, but he could steal the movie. Well, he started out as a character actor yeah. in the studio system. Like he was like in those. If you look at some of the early gangster films from Warner Brothers, he was in one with Cagney. Cagney was a star, and he was uh, kind of a supporting and Cary player. Grant started off as a more character comedic actor too. Yeah, they pretty much had to work. Yeah, they had to yeah. you know get their uh, they had to do pay their, their dues. Pay their dues. And luckily yeah. for him, Mae West saw him walking out of a walking around the studio, and she said, "I need that guy." But you're right. I never <laughs> imagined Bogart as if he would accepted it. As yeah. a character actor, like you're right, he'd been that, he'd been that review that, like, you know, Humphrey steals the movie with, you know, four minutes of screen time or whatever. Yeah. That would have been kind of awesome to see. Yeah. That yeah. would have been, been, yeah. It would have been. Although he wasn't, I don't, he's just a great actor. I mean, he, does he, is he like a scene stealer? He's not really a scene stealer. He's like, a star. He's a guy that yeah. can carry the weight yeah, of a he film. Can carry a movie. Well, he's that guy who could stay in the movie, he could be in the shot and not have a piece of dialogue. Yeah, he's yeah. Still yeah. 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 Yeah, he's just unbelievably charismatic and, you know. And Kevin Spacey and other people like more modern like that, I mean, they don't have to do anything in the yes, scene. Yes, Kevin Spacey's actually can, a great they comparison. they command your, you know, your attention. He's a great comparison, I think, to Humphrey Bogart in many ways. Kevin uh, Spacey. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying Range. to think of... He's just kind of an ordinary yeah. looking guy that you're like, yeah. oh, geez, who knew? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of who... Harrison Ford, maybe? Harrison Ford, Harrison Ford, Ford yeah. yeah. Just that... that, that He's got that weather. Man, yeah, yeah that, that, that serious guy. That's disgusting. No disgusting yeah. men get better as they get older. Yeah. Like, really? You're killing me. <laughs> Somebody wants... Uh, Whereas George Clooney is more of a Cary Grant type. 
True. Good point. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, definitely the, more yeah. than Humphrey Bogart. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Clooney actually has more ruggedness than Grant had too. I'm trying yeah. to think yeah. of like you know he's he's had that ruggedness. But his persona too. is definitely that much more lighthearted. Yeah. And Robert Downey's kind of like William Holden, kind of the charming. Yeah. 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 William Holden's a guy like just a lot of range too because yeah. as he got older he, he got even like the Wild Bunch and Network you know he was trying to get these really darker turns he st- I think he steals this movie though I mean, he's really funny in this movie not that Audrey doesn't but I mean in terms of <laughs> yeah. he's giving an A plus effort here it's him <laughs> I mean, he's jumping in the cars. He's uh, there's a lot of hopping in this movie. <laughs> I, mean, I noticed. Like, there's a lot of hopping. Very funny in this, in his movie, yeah. um, and and a lot of stuff that he says and that he does. I think he's really humorous. Like, yeah. I love that. My favorite scene is the car scene after um, David picks up Sabrina from the train station. Oh, I love that scene. Mm-hmm. Just, I think it's so charming. It's so sparkly, um, and it's just. I, I love it. You know, you, the, the, just the cat and mouse that's going on. It's just so mm-hmm. fun. Oh, I'm sorry. The, the, for me, though, the, the iconic scene for me is, what are you doing working on a Sunday? It's Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> they did that in the remake, too. And it's yeah. awesome. It's a great yeah. line. Awesome. It it's is. Not just, okay, that really just... Tells you exactly where he is in life. Like, yeah, I don't even know what day of the week it is. I'm well, so, well, I don't, it's also so laid back. Yeah, um, going back to like, the car scene too, and he's like, um, he's driving, and then Sabrina says, "Come on, David," and then calls that little poodle or whatever dog that she has, and yeah. he's like, "David," and she's like, "That's my name." He's just like so unaware of what's going on. And then they're driving. He's like. I love that they just carry it yes. out like even when it's clearly obvious who she is she's hugging all the staff and her saying yes. Sabrina he's like I still don't get it that's like, that scene I was like I know yeah well, he still he doesn't get it I didn't notice he was at his own house because he is I mean what I thought was funny they named a dog David, come on, that's yeah. pretty fun. That's what I mean. Where'd she get the, the dog? dog? Where'd she get the dog? Yeah, Paris, yeah, I guess yeah, parents. But the fact that he was so focused on you know trying to score with her that he had no idea where he was yeah. actually at. I mean, that was kind of that. And I love the part when he goes, "You won't tell me where." She's like, "Oh, she's like, you'll find out soon enough." And then he's like, "I just feel so silly. I could kick myself." Or he said something <laughs> funny like that, mm-hmm. and I just think it's so cute because as an audience, we all know what he's about to what's about to happen. Yeah. And it's just that anticipation. I just think it's a lot of fun. And it also really, for me, I think is such a charming scene for Audrey. You know, it's yeah. one of those scenes where if you didn't like her already, she got you there. You know, mm-hmm. just watching her in that car. Well, she just goes, oh, hello, how are you? And it's like, this is too much fun to play. You know, she's doing all yeah, that stuff I know. in the she's car. Like, hello, yeah. how are you? And he's like, hello. And I might add, who are you? <laughs> it's just so silly. I love it. But that's she, like, she's like, who am I? And he is such a true hound dog. He just rolls with it. Yeah. Hey, she's talking to me and being like, she's going to be fine. I'll just go with it. No problem. Yes, and that's but why that's, I love yeah. it. It's just so, it's like, as an audience member, you're like, oh my god. But goodness. you buy him as the idle playboy yes. easily. I mean, very yeah. easily. Yeah. You, don't, not even, you don't even realize it's like it's William Holden. It's like, oh, this is playboy rich guy. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah. She says, he goes, you really not going to tell me where? She's like, oh no, I'm having much too fun. Yeah. Much too much fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cute. But that's so funny because she's you know she's such a sparkling character. What is with yeah. the voiceover on the intro? That was Audrey. I know, but it's here's, so here's, sober. Like I, I'm so mature. Mm-hmm. I, that just drives me crazy. Here's the thing, okay? Here's the thing. This was her second movie. Audrey was originally from Europe. You know, she, um, she lived in Brussels for a long time in Belgium. Moved to, moved to England to study ballet. So her accent was quite thick, and. In comparison to movies like Breakfast at Tiffany's, where it's a little bit more, her, she's more Americanized. Yeah. At that time, she really wasn't. You know, she was still. She actually took voicing lessons to try to 
get rid of some of that heaviness in her accent. So I think that is really apparent in that. But the rest of the movie, she's so light and sparkling and captivating. Exactly, but I think that's why. It's because she's Mm. reading, so it's more of getting more of that accent. And it's. um, I also wonder if maybe she was instructed to be a little somber like that. Oh, yeah, I think it's supposed to be like, you know, you're mature now, this is the future, we're going to go look back. Yeah. yeah. I also think that uh, just the tone of it was to give it sort of a fairy tale esque setting the mood. It was like, this is like, there's a fairy tale esque. Um, element to this movie where you and it's know. also you're right it's very Disney yeah, mom had to go I mean they had to, it has to be a dead mom if it's a Disney movie well this movie yeah, exactly. it's very sad you always gotta have a dead parent right, yeah. this is like a charming reworking of Cinderella in many ways I mean it's that classic yeah, transformation story yeah um, yeah She's but, even wearing kind of like a Cinderella type thing. The beautiful ball gown. What she said, I love that. Right. She's like, but y'all have to play off the shoulder. Should I wear it? <laughs> <laughs> um, Actually, it was a glass slipper. You're right. But well, Exactly. So, But also one of the things I wanted to point out too, which I think could be the reason why um, Billy maybe had that sort of somber intro is just listening to the content, it's so dry. You know, he's like, mm-hmm. there was a, no Arby's always had parties on such and such day. And mm-hmm. It never rained on the day of the, it just sets the tone for who these people are, how they live their life. And then she's like, they had gardeners to garden the indoor gardens and the outdoor gardens. And they had such and such to take care of the indoor tennis court and the outdoor tennis mm-hmm. court and the indoor pool and the outdoor pool and it's just this back and forth oh yeah I mean yeah. they really set that up that like you know yeah. these and then, are in the meanwhile they're showing that really odd family photo that the yeah. puppies are getting remember yeah. the beginning where David's like sitting down they're recreating that picture when they were kids and he's like sitting backwards on like a rocking horse and it's you just know, that's so the part that kind of drove me crazy and bothered me a little about the movie it's like we have this all this gravitas of this family iconic yeah. family and then the dad's a goober yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Wait a minute. How do you get all this money? He's such a goober. You know, I figured, I thought he'd be much more of. I mean, I get the comic relief idea, but I, I just I had trouble buying it. That yeah. you know, how did they amass this fortune? You know, well, I got the impression it was all it was generations of wealth. That's what I thought too. Really like this I is mean, an old uh, yeah, money. This is an old. Money. Although Linus seems like he's just like an A plus. Well, He's he's mom. runner of industry. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. knows everything that's going on, and he's, oh, yeah. he's making more money. So than maybe David. David took maybe David was taking more after dad, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I think so. Like, oh yeah, I got my money the old fashioned way. I inherited it. You know, exactly. <laughs> that's what I love watching Bogart work in this movie. It's just like it's. I always found it interesting when people from wealthy families start their own businesses and they're actually really good at it and they're grounded and they understand like even the way he treats his uh, Mr. Gardo uh, yeah he treats everybody really well like he he is yeah. a good businessman he talks man. to the staff and yeah. he understands and he's not a materialist either you don't really see outside of the limo he doesn't really buy or keep and that a limo is really a float, ro- ro- uh, rolling office that's all yeah. that's, that's pretty yeah. much what it is and everything's yeah. practical I, I, I know a captive industry like that he's exactly the same way yeah. He does. He's got a ten-year-old car. He couldn't care less. Yeah. yeah. He's got a big house, but it's for his family and for convenience. And he exactly. built an office so it wouldn't bother the rest of the house when he's up at three a.m. talking to Tokyo or whatever. But he's down to earth. Really, to get along with yeah. guy, and he'll talk to you. And he's interested about everything. I mean, yeah. same kind of idea, but it's very, it's very real life. That yeah, I do this because this is how I, how I'm built. Yeah. Know, I'm not here to mass money or you know, yeah. or be a, you know, be a master of the universe. I'm. This is what I do. This, right. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually worked for a company like uh, it was like one of the first office jobs I ever held, and it's kind of in the same dynamic. Like it was a privately owned company, family owned, and the there were two factions based off of two brothers. 
one faction, they were all kind of like David's, except like David's from hell, you know? <laughs> like, uh, they would have me, co- I was the copy person for this office, and they would have me copying pictures of the cast of Friends out of nowhere as an urgency, wow. you know? Like, I, I profile, this other guy would bring, like, he was highly, he was like a gun, you know, fanatic, and he would always bring me, like, these magazines That's of guns. Weird. This is the one family. And they would shout at people. They were they're kind of rude. But then the other uh, side of the family, from the other brother, they were very grounded like uh, Linus. Like, they mm-hmm. treated people well. They really took the job seriously. They understood what they were doing. So I think it's interesting. In the same family, you could have different factions that... that yeah, uh, well, wait, wait, you, want, you say, ask me about a plug. Can I put a plug in now? Oh, sure. Uh, the person I was talking about, the business guy, Tom yeah. O'Brien of Tom's and Maine. So, Tom, oh, Tom's yeah, and Maine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom's and Maine. I got a plug in. That's perfect. <laughs> that's perfect. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's what when I, I think of that experience when I watch this movie. It's like, okay, yeah, there's the grounded guy who really understands business, and then there's the uh, kind of laissez faire. Yeah, I think David was just playboy. The, the best word, yeah, laissez faire and just unaware. He was very self absorbed. And, and, he was, and he was, re- and he, but he is, he was a nice guy, but he, like, but he realized yeah, it too, and he yeah. was fine with it, like, I'm fine with it, I'm good, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I don't have to be Linus. He wasn't, like, malicious to, yeah. to a degree, in fact, Linus's character is actually a little bit more deceptive than, um, a little bit, yeah, way more deceptive, way more, exactly, so yeah. if you want to talk about integrity, David at least was, he may have been, um, a little impulsive, but he was honest. Well, there's that little um, bit they talk about how they had to, they had to like buy off these various women. And yes. I was yeah. like, what's that alluding to? Because they didn't want to marry him. Did he get him pregnant? I mean, there was this kind of... It sounds this to kind me... kind of like they moved on like, to that. Like, and I got the impression, based on everything that was happening in this movie with Elizabeth, um, the girl that was staged to marry David. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got the feeling maybe his other three wives that he divorced was kind of the same deal. They were just staged marriages or... I don't really get the feeling that David was really living his life, and that's why he was a little bit reckless in some of those moments because he really wanted to be his own boss. But yeah. I think in many ways he really was kind of a guinea pig well, I wonder, to you know, the business. But I wonder on those marriages, it's like he just said the kind of guys. Let's go to let's go to Bermuda and get married. Okay, I mean, it seemed like sure, it seemed like a great time. Let's go, and, you know. And then well, he did put up a fight. Remember, and Linus was like, "You're going to marry Elizabeth?" He's like, "Elizabeth, I don't even know." You know, I don't, you know, he kind of was like, I don't like her, I don't want to marry And and so that's why I wonder if maybe some of these other marriages were kind of the same, same way, or maybe there was a certain element of that to it. The dark backstory. Exactly. (laughs) Hence why they had to get bought off, and hence why they didn't last. I mean, Mm -hmm. surely a marriage isn't going to last. Or he was just, you know, he was just, you know. Young and stupid. Young and stupid. (laughs) Well, the one line of dialogue, I think that sums up, yeah, yeah, that sums up that aspect of David and his, 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 his married life is like, he goes, do you like her? He goes, I like her a lot. I like a lot of girls a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great, that's a great line. Yeah, it sums them up. Yeah. You know? I, like a, I like a lot of things. I like, yeah. girl. I like yeah. a lot of girls a lot. Doesn't mean I want to marry them. They're just, they're there. Yeah. You know? But once he sits on the champagne bottles, he's pretty much out of the... Okay. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's done it today and then becomes the... Which I don't understand, so... Linus is trying to woo her so he could send her to Paris so that David won't be infatuated with her so he marries the other girl. Right, keeps the deal alive. Yeah. 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 All for money. So that, that's a very ego driven. That's what I mean. Like, Linus is really not this great guy that everybody's making him out to be. Well, no, and he talks about what he's going to do yeah. to his dirt dad. And yeah. And he's along with it. So yeah. bring it this garage, girl. I'm like, <laughs> well, the dad does yeah. have some concerns. Yeah, I mean, like, they dad. go over it. Yeah, yeah, he goes yeah. along with it. Yeah. What? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Oh, wait, I, yeah, got one, I have to ask a question. Linus's dad does say, he's like, I have a lot of respect for Fairchild. He's like, you don't do Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. don't be... Okay, you guys all saw the movie, right, recently. Yeah. Yes. I have a question that really bothers me. 
she the suicide note. Yeah. Yeah. She slides in her dad's door, and you never hear of it again. Like he never found it, didn't yeah. ask her about it. She might have went in there and took it because he was asleep. Remember, yeah. it showed him asleep. But it never shows it. All it shows is her, well, after she meets Bob and the girl. Time. But it <laughs> never mentions it again. I'm like that bothered me. Well, can I just say one thing regarding the suicide? I mean, if anybody in this world can make suicide uh, suicide attempt adorable, it would be Audrey Hepburn. I was gonna say the yeah. exact same she thing. Like, this is, oh my god, it's getting so. This stuffy. is the cutest suicide <laughs> attempt you'll ever see on <laughs> film. <laughs> It oh, is like, oh, look at her trying to kill herself. That's wonderful. And it's she's adorable. like hiding and just yeah. being charming. The whole yeah. Time. Oh, look, she starts coughing. It's like, oh, I need some air. Yeah. She opens a window. How about the 14 big giant garage doors? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Shut all the cars out. Was, oh, my God. But you're right. But I think that was kind of the point. Like, she really wasn't trying, you know. So yeah. She, she, she wanted attention. Yeah, she wanted she's attention. young and yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. She, uh... So she was 18 at that point because they yeah. went back so. and they yeah. mentioned her being 22 and she'd been gone two years so she'd been 18. She was in like black, uh, culinary school in Paris. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he mentions that's what he, there's a line where he says you know, her 22. Yeah. And like, yeah. Oh, that's how old she is in the movie. And she was like only 24 in real life so which is Yeah, she was a couple years older. Yeah, yeah. She, was, um, she was on point. Everybody would play their age. That's what makes it weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody was perfectly cast age-wise but yeah. the how dynamics. Is Holfold in the movie? Is he... He's like thirties. Thirties, yeah. yeah. He Which looks is, yeah. thirty was older then, though, for some reason, like you know, it is it, now. It was. It's like every movie you watch in that time period. Yeah. I mean, and I think a lot of it is the men just looked older than their actual age, anyways. Because what we come to expect from right. movie stars or whatever, they always look thirty years older than the women. It seemed like to me in every movie. Well, a lot of the women, I feel like they got started younger. Like women were start. They wanted like nineteen year olds to play leading ladies and stuff. They just. Yeah. The women were just younger and They do general, fresh face. And, yeah. yeah, they wanted that fresh, youthful face. Um, like Vertigo, I mean. I mean Kim Novak? Yeah, Jim Jimmy Stewart, I mean. And yeah. He was much older in that movie. Oh, yeah, there. but I mean, and, you know. Speaking Novak, of faces, yeah. oh, she did a number to her face. Poor Kim Novak. She had some <laughs> bad surgery. Oh, wow. She almost doesn't, she doesn't look recognizable. Which is a shame because I thought well, she was we went very beautiful. Dark path there real quick. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, not only that, but I'm shocked that Kim Novak's still alive. That's yeah. the biggest shock for me. I, uh, th- it just makes me sad. how much younger she was than Jimmy yeah. Stewart back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. So William Holden was 35. When oh, he was. okay. He's he was younger than me, but he looks so much older. <laughs> he looks like he's close to 40 in this See, movie if he'd for been some 35 reason. 35. But you know why? Do you know why he looked older? He was a heavy drinker. Yeah, he was. Smoker. That both of those, the combination of the two, age your skin. But if you had somebody, it deepens your voice a lot too. And that's how he died too. Is he? He, had, he drank and fell, didn't he, or something yeah, like that? Yeah, he pretty much drank himself to death. Yeah, yeah, he was. That, he had a problem. But who would they have got younger than Holden, though? There really would have been not a lot of people. I don't think they could have snuck, kind of slid, slid in there that had that kind Book of. Okay, was fifty-four. Yeah. Well, yeah. they wanted. Yeah. That's Cary Grant. Cary Grant was in his forties. Yeah. yeah. So they'd have been forties and thirties. They would play more natural brothers because they would be within the range. Of whether I mean Humphreys. Much Almost older. twenty years older than him, so yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's a huge range, and, and they don't just, even look alike. No, to be honest that's with a you. huge yeah. range for just two brothers. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Holden's like a foot taller, yeah. blonde, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> good looking, yeah. exciting. Yeah, yeah. they should have sold that with you know. It's you know he had you know they had different mothers at least or something. Right. Yeah. yeah. But um, um, one thing I do want to talk about on the podcast uh, is the fashion. Yes. In this movie, which I am particularly excited about. Sure, she um, had to pay for her own dresses? No, I'm going to get to all this. So, Edith Head, who is a very prominent um, Hollywood costume designer during this, you know, I would say probably mostly in the 50s and 60s in Hollywood, she was really prevalent. She um, was the uh, woman who was in charge of doing the costumes for this movie. Um, 
She actually won an Oscar for Best Costumes, even though, and this is the interesting part, most of Audrey Hepburn's outfits were either created by and or inspired by designs from the upcoming French designer Hubert uh, de Givenchy, who ended up becoming, uh, after this movie, when filming this with Audrey, they became lifelong partners. And from that, this point on, he designed all of her outfits um, and all of her movies, and he was like her exclusive designer. He designed, um, you know, iconic dresses such as Holly Golightly's black dress, the black cocktail dress that Sabrina wears in this movie was uh, Givenchy, but he had got all the credit. Um, to this, to, I mean, to her dying day, she ten credit. Yeah, yeah. She, like, and even I though heard that. even though they were his designs, and this is a true account. I mean, Audrey actually flew over to Paris during the time before they filmed this, and she met with uh, Givenchy, and when he thought that he was meeting with Miss Hepburn, he thought it was Kate. I heard that. And, yeah. So he was kind of like, "Oh wow, you're odd. you're not Catherine Hepburn, but whatever." And so they worked together, and they it was like an instant friendship, you know, from the get go. And he said, "Well, what you can do is pick out some designs from my previous collections." So she picked out the black dress and asked him. And it had a lower neckline, and she said, "Could you raise the neckline and ha have a low back?" And so he said, "Sure." So he re redesigned it for her, and that was that. And that dress actually created what's now known in women's fashion as like that boat neck. Um, neckline and people back then used to call it the Sabrina neckline. Really? Women would get clothes, they'd say, like the Sabrina neckline. Um, so I think that's really cool. But one thing I do want to say, um, just about first of all, I think costumes and movies, and we've I've probably said this on the podcast before, I think they're so essential to the film, not just for like aesthetics and character purposes, but also because of their impact on culture. A great example of that would be the little black dress in Breakfast at Tiffany's. I mean, after that movie. There's not a woman probably on this earth who doesn't have a little black dress in her closet. Um, but I do want to just give Edith Head some, some props for that because during that time she was responsible for dressing a lot of the really big name stars like Audrey Hepburn. She designed Grace Kelly's uh, wardrobe in uh, Rear Window. Um, who else? Uh, Did she do um, The Catch a Thief? Because I mean, that She was, did The Catch a Thief as well. Because that's iconic. Huge that is amazing. Yeah, that is. She dressed Ingrid Bergman. She dressed um, Betty Davis, Natalie Wood. All these really big stars at the time. But yes, Catch a Thief. Those Grace outfits. Kelly's outfits were like a co-star in that movie. I mean, that's yeah, they I'm were. Saying. Yeah, they, they just, and so yeah. so was like in you know in this movie, especially in this movie with Serena's outfits, because the cool thing about this movie is the look that Sabrina had, that kind of gamine sort of elfin, um, lots of black, high necklines. That took like America, not even just American, but that took the fashion world by storm. And so many people were cutting their hair off. They wanted an Audrey Hepburn look. They were kind of being a little bit more minimal, you know, wearing the little cut off the um, cigarette pants and the ballet flats. And this movie really pioneered not only that fashion trend, but also it kind of helped define Audrey's personal style, I feel like. And so I think that that's really cool. Um, uh, well, I wonder more if it was like it was her style she brought to the movie. She did, right. because yeah. exactly, and that's what I mean. But it also, think about the impact it had on fashion at mm -hmm. the time. That really dictated, I mean, I think that's so cool with costume designers is they have that natural like, ability to, to kind of dictate what fashion's going to be like, and they don't even have their own clothing line. Which is so funny to think about it, because this is 1954. Yeah. This is time of crinoline and hoop skirts. Exactly. And all those layers. And none of that was in this right. movie. It was yeah. all very Which modern. still carried into the 60s, even, still. Still today. Right. I was watching Sabrina earlier with Scott. I would wear every single outfit that she wears in that movie today. It would still, it's timeless. It would still hold up today, and I yeah. just think that that's amazing. And I think Edith Head really has done a well job 
throughout her career and even her other movies with being able to do that, create this timeless look for women. Some of them are a little bit more dated, but... Um, well, I, I do think that the fashion really does hold up when you look at the 50s and 60s. There's a timelessness to yeah. the stuff that you're talking about, especially with Audrey's wardrobe. Like, when you watch, let's just say, sitcoms from the 70s and watch what people are wearing, like, what the hell were people exactly. thinking? Yeah. You know, uh, polyester poly only goes so far, you know I mean, what I mean? That's yeah. much more limited, but, I mean, once they got away from the long coat, I think what they call it, in uh, Tuxedo. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the penguin, coat. the penguin Mor- morning coats and stuff. Yeah. When you get away from the morning coats, it really hasn't changed. No, it hasn't. Yeah. I mean, you can't yeah. really improve upon it. I mean, does anybody not look good in a tuxedo ever? I mean, I, in the movies or in real life, it's just kind of funny. But it is interesting how that has, that line has stayed. And like you know, like what you said about her. I mean, I can look at you. Can, what pretty much any Cary Grant wears, okay, except for the uh, the scarf and the catch of thieves. That's that's a little dated. I like it. I know. I like the ascot. Before. I like the ascot. <laughs> I just don't feel I could ever carry it off. I don't know many people can. How's that go? It's like there are ten people. I'm wearing carry. a scarf right now. I like scarves. There are ten people who can carry that ascot off, and he's nine of them. Okay, so right. there's that. Yeah. But. Uh, I mean, yeah, that, that a lot of those things, again, those fashions, I mean, you could wear today and, you know, be reasonably comfortable. I mean, people would not stare at you like you're out of place. No. And, uh-huh. and I think in Audrey's case, it's really telling because she really was in many ways a pioneer of, of reshaping uh, women's fashion and kind of like having these, what, what we call them like staple pieces, you know, like a little black dress, black cigarette pants. Like the, like, almost like the yoga outfit she had on in that scene, the final scene in his office. Yes, yeah. I mean, like the black that pants. was like wow. What, I mean, that had to be like I'm wearing black <laughs> pants just like it. That right had to now. be shocking though in 1954. First, a woman in pants, yes. number one, right? That's what and I mean. Second, an all black kind yes. of semi tight outfit. Yeah. I mean, that had to and be also crazy. she cut her hair short and wore big accessories and you know all these. Just this look was so different. That's that it haircut was that her idea? Did we know whose idea that was to you do know, that? It happened from Roman Holiday. Remember oh, sorry, was that's where so she'd be in disguise. From. Yeah, so she could be in disguise. Oh, you're right. She, she made a movie right afterwards. Exactly. So she didn't so have time to run out. That's where it came from. Mm, that makes sense. Um, but but yeah, the even row. then, the short pixie cut, that was a whoa, where did this come from? A woman wearing a man's haircut and being elegant. And um, she just created this whole new style for women. That still transcends today. Yeah, but you can never look at her and think manly. With the, no, that's what I mean. I mean, that's, that's what she's I mean. like such a. Uh, yeah, that, that's one thing you will never mistake Audrey Hepburn for is man. No matter what, yeah, she's like, oh, she looks hot. <laughs> well, and I think I think just her her minimalism is what's really uh, appealing to me. Is she never was over the top, but and, and I think that that was great because I'm personally well fashion wise and also just lifestyle wise, I'm kind of a less is more sort of person, and I think that in Audrey's case, it really worked well for her because when when you have less, you can highlight more of what you do have and by not wearing big jewelry and you know all kinds of big skirts and you know all the other stuff and even minimal kind of makeup Audrey was able to really highlight the natural beauty that she had and you could see her face because her but hair was thing, short. she's such a force as an actor I yeah. mean as an actor I mean I think it kind of transcends that I mean whatever I mean any any strong actor you're not really gonna I mean you're gonna pay attention to who they are I mean I mean, she would come through yeah. no matter what. I mean, that's like, you know, you, whatever role she had to play. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, she could do that. She, she's that kind of force of personality. I think everybody, everything, everybody's like that. When you, if you see Audrey Hepburn on screen, you're just, like, mesmerized. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's and one of those And she's very kind of natural, and that's what I love about her. You know, it's not contrived, and, you know, she never dyed her hair or went fake tanning or, you know, got face 
implants and stuff like that. You know, yeah. I think that that's so, that's one of the things I really admire about her as a woman. Because women, you know, and even in Hollywood, there's the stigma of aging women. Um, At least Catherine Hepburn kind of bucked that. I mean, Catherine Hepburn was very much the did, same way, too. Yeah. She, she did her own thing. Kind of, she was captivating yeah. in a completely different way. Absolutely. I mean, she was more like, almost like a male actor where her force of personality grabs you. Just, oh, yeah. Yes, you know, you weren't like, you were like, oh, it's Catherine Hepburn. She actually wore pants a lot, too, when yeah. you think about that. Yeah. How radical yeah. had and she would that have been? Like yeah, she was. She would sit like this in interviews, Catherine Hepburn would. <laughs> she would. I love Kate Hepburn, guys. Don't get me started on that. I was kind of of her. It's like, you know, those people like you want to have dinner with. I might have, but I've been really intimidated to have dinner. Yeah. <laughs> she would have been an intimidating presence, I'm yeah, sure. Oh my god, yeah. yeah. But so anyway, wrapping up just my thoughts on the fashion, I think it's amazing. Um, just creates that whole Audrey look. No, I agree. Like, you know, the fashion is certainly a, a big factor, not only in her career, but, you know, in developing these characters yes. and setting the, the tone and stage for everything that's, oh, yeah. that's going on. Good point. On. Like, David's always in a sport coat, never mm-hmm. in a tie. Yeah. You know, he had, in the, they had the bow tie versus the, the open shirt, you know, that whole thing. The hat. I mean, you know, I David guarantee had that hat. if I wore an all-black outfit like that to work, you know, and just minimal joy, people would be like, oh, you look so, like, a very Audrey Hepburn, you know, that that's like, Audrey Hepburn has her own ism, it's like, oh, you're yeah. very Audrey Hepburn, you know, <laughs> yeah. I think that's so cool, I, and I think this movie kind of helped create that. It is interesting that the white coats, because they make a mention of that yeah. at the dance, where they say, they all look like barbers. The young men. <laughs> Which is so funny, because yeah. there's that scene, right, and the guy yeah. says about the right. young men wearing the coats, and it cuts immediately to a scene with, a, like, a clearly older man wearing a white yeah. leather jacket, <laughs> And I'm like, okay, that seems odd that you would say that only the youngsters are wearing it, and it's just clearly, you know, 60 year old man's wearing a white dinner jacket. Well, maybe it was like to point out this how judgmental without True. actually looking in and experience. Like, yeah. the parents were obviously, uh, you know, they weren't solidier people. They were, they lived in this <laughs> very reserved, yeah. I'm yeah. Yeah. Make somebody like, like a bubble. What's a chauffeur of... naming her daughter, her daughter Sabrina? Yeah, know? yeah. Exactly. And he's like, is that too like, good of a name for a chauffeur's daughter? He's like, what is she, she name her Ethel? Like he kind of, <laughs> yeah. Which is a nice joke, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Yeah. I took, I, this, only like the third time I saw him, I went, oh, I get it, Ethel. Oh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> they all start laughing and slapping their knees afterwards. And I'm like, you know? oh, I didn't get that at first. That's an old joke. Yeah, no, for, yeah. for younger people, Ethel's gasoline. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I was thinking, too. With yeah, that. Yeah. Which is also Google not that. a very pretty name yeah. in general, yeah. so... Speaking of the chauffeur, I think the actor who plays him, John Williams, I think he's terrific in this movie. Oh, he's kind yeah. of an unsung hero yeah. in this. Yeah. I always like it whenever the, uh, they would read the letters from Paris and they would always be really fun and Audrey would always somehow tie in, or Sabrina would always tie in David in some way, shape, or form. And the father would be like, I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like it, Sabrina. Yeah, I don't like it. it. I just don't feel good about it. Yeah. One of the many uh, movie scenes where someone reads a letter to a bunch of people. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of a trope. <laughs> it is. Yeah, there's a lot of letter readings in movies. Well, they, they kind of, they don't parody, but in The Jerk, they have that same thing where he's like oh, traveling yeah. around. Yeah. Yeah. Dear Naven. Well, you got to have your expedition somehow. And, yeah. Like, yeah. and you can't do it like Game of Thrones where everybody's naked, you know, the old sex position. So, I mean, right, right. Yeah. Expedition. So, so letters is the easy way to move the story along. It is. Yeah, it's yeah. a trope exactly. that they use That's to keep things moving. That's goes yeah. by with those it letters. It by very fast. Yeah. yeah. And in those letter reading scenes, I have to mention this. Uh, there's an actress named Nancy Culp, who is best known for playing Miss Jane Hathaway on the Beverly Hillbillies. Who's which character is on the Hillbillies? She was uh, one of the the maids okay. that was working with John Williams, and uh, she's on the Beverly Hillbillies as yep. Miss Hathaway. And I noticed there's a trend where Audrey Hepburn is one degree of separation from the cast of the Beverly Hillbillies because <laughs> she's she's there with Nancy Culp, and then of course the Breakfast at Tiffany's. 
Buddy Ebsen is yeah. in there. Oh, Bill <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but, uh, he was the Mr. Clampett. Yeah. She's one step from Jethro. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of. Uh, Who's the Green Acres guy? Anyway, I got it. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So she she's been with a lot of '60s yeah, sitcom stalwarts yeah, because she's, uh, right. she's like, oh, it's so funny. She co-stars with this with this, uh, the cast of Beverly Hills. <laughs> and pretty much every movie. And like Jethro would have been awesome. She should have been been on the Beverly Hillbillies as, as, as a guest star dating Jethro or something like that. Been just to awesome. keep it going, you know. Who's <laughs> the guy that like recounts what's happening at the dance to the to the dad? He's like, oh, and you should have seen it. They look, they locked eyes. Oh, yeah. Um, and Sabrina's the belly of the ball. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. The dad's like, I don't like it. They're all voyeurs in that. <laughs> they are. Like, let's oh, all watch on. this couple dance while well, we're at this Sabrina's party. Sabrina's the ultimate voyeur. She stalks, oh, yeah, she she stalks uh, David for like her entire teenage life. Rank is right. Scene. She is a stalker. I yeah. love that scene, too, when. Um, she, when David says, let's get out of here, and she goes, are we going to go to the tennis court? She's like, and you'll bring champagne? And she like recounts every, like his... Yeah, like apparently, his, yeah, the scene he you does. saw is not the first time exactly. he's done that. That's his then, MO, yeah. Yeah, it's his MO, and then he looks at her and he goes, you saw a lot from that treehouse. <laughs> and I just thought that was funny. David wore a path. I think she just kept glasses at the tennis court. You know, why didn't he just play yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Come on. Exactly. She did not keep a secret that she was in love with this guy. It was like, no. everybody knew it except for David. Even yeah. though they try to tell him. Well, it helps yeah. that she's talking the most oblivious person who yeah. ever lived. Yeah. That's probably the, the way this operated. I mean. He was so unaware of what, what was going yeah. on around him. Yeah. He was so self-absorbed. Yeah, even when they're reading the letters, they say, Hey, David, there's a part in there about you. And he just he ignores just it. He jumps in the car and drives off. I'm going to hop again. He hops a lot in this movie, David. It's you a real demanding him. role. He has a, I mean, he, I think he did his own stunt on the... On the uh, in the boardroom scene, well, yeah, I think there was a cutaway, so it looked like it was. He oh, he gets own, hit. Yeah, I think he's yeah. stuck there. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he was a tough dude. There. A little tumble. Yeah, yeah. 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 I like the boardroom though. I like the, the well, his office basic basically yeah. has the boardroom in it and all that plastic that he shoots with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what you do with plastic, you know, you test it. I love that though, the, the, the inventions that they come up with for movies in like the 50s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Super plastic that tastes like sugar. It wouldn't be plastic. Plastic comes in oil. <laughs> I, thought, I just thought you got kind of whipping out a handgun and taking a shot. Yeah, I know. You're not really worried about the possible ricochet. Is yeah. anybody else worried about the ricochet? Yeah, I was still worried about that too. He just starts shooting randomly, you know. Yeah, he shoots at it, so we need a ricochet or it'd be embedded yeah, into it. Somewhere. Ricochet, I would feel like. Or just like. You but know. remember now, Classic. it's a movie. Yeah, okay, yeah. remember that. So yeah, but uh, yeah, we have to keep fantasy and reality, I guess, uh, separated from time to time. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but who knows? Maybe that really goes on boardrooms. I don't. Have to I'm never working those levels, so who knows? Maybe yeah. really uh, either. Yeah, you know, they random. shoot guns at thick pieces of plastic. Sure, who knows? Maybe they do. Yeah, they probably do. That's what. That's I mean, what. I mean, Trump probably does. I mean, if you think about it, if anybody's shot in his hang in his office, it would be Trump. So. Well, I'd like to see Trump's boardroom. I, I mean, that's going to be far more radical than Linus's, <laughs> I think, true. and far more disorganized. Well, he does have. It, it, there is a, a lot of Trump. Looking, I mean, obviously Trump wasn't even anything. He yeah. wasn't alive, but. Oh, he would definitely date Sabrina. By I the way, no matter alive, what age. He had a married <laughs> family. I mean, she would, hopefully would never marry him. I think Trump sees himself as a combination of Linus and David. You know, like yeah. he sees that I'm the womanizer David is, but I'm also the businessman that Linus. That's a good point. When he's, in fact, he's just David. <laughs> he's just, <laughs> no, he's an ugly. He's an ugly David. He's an ugly. He doesn't have any. You took David. All right, we're yeah. going into some dark waters. Yeah, we are. Yeah, pull yeah. back. Yeah, back yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. But, uh, I never want to hear Audrey Hepburn and Donald Trump in the same sentence ever again. <laughs> that's that's my new film. I, I have a screen idea now. 
they're gonna run me through the mud. Uh, but yeah, I, even the office where he has, they're supposed to be, I don't even know what their industry is. It's like every industry, right? Right. Yeah. Well, they have the copper, and I mean, if you look at yeah. the outside marquee that has all the different ones in brass plates, is all those different industries. They're essentially like GE. But kind other of one family. I yeah, kind of got the vibe that they were very much like a Rockefeller-esque. Yeah. I think that's who they were supposed to yeah, be. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Like a mockery of, not a mockery, but, but. Yeah, the whole idea of like, you know, on Long Island, the big mansion. and Yeah. Exactly. Right. They probably used the Rockefeller as a pretty ready yeah. model. That yeah. could easily associate. Yeah. Oh, yeah, those people. They're the classic American old money, you know, well, well-to-do. You know, that's yeah. basically, I think they... They kind of epitomize that, you know. They live next to Gatsby. <laughs> Basically, yeah. yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. They are a Fitzgerald family, if there ever was one in a movie, yeah. 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 Uh, David certainly is a, like a Fitzgerald-esque character. But, you know, you know, it's funny. When I watched that movie, and he's talking about that, like, you know, the wealth and the estate. It really reminded me of um, Philadelphia Story. Yeah. You know, that kind of came to mind, too, about, yeah. oh, wow, look at this house. You know, Jimmy Stewart, like, oh, my God, they probably have, you know, gardeners for the gardeners or whatever. You know, that whole yeah. thing where, you know, it's like, oh, you know, or like the whole joke about, oh, I'll be in the West Room, you know, and all that. You know, the whole idea yeah. of this amazing wealth that, you know, that was a popular theme in movies, though, the whole, like, that was um, a great movie a dream too, you could have. Story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, wealthy people that have... Everything. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. definitely, because it's something that people, most people... Don't can't see. identify with, so, especially yeah, yeah. moviegoers. I mean, the so they like to see it. It's kind of a fantasy. It is a fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Great license as, as a as a as a director or producer or whatever because people don't really, can't really call you on things. Yeah, you know, on it because like how many people you know there's like you know the one percent of the one percent that actually know the truth about that. So exactly, the rest of the world just goes, oh sure, that must that must how they be. What is that class thing too with the rich and the you know Which, the, I, the help? Yeah, and uh, how. I mean, they talk about it a little bit, you know, the, the chauffeur's daughter, and he, he's kind of uneasy about the whole thing. And, um, he definitely thinks, like, this is your your status, your, yeah. your uh, you know. This well, is... remember, Linus even says it. He goes, Fairchild, you're a snob. Remember he says that? <laughs> Fairchild talks about yeah. you know, yeah, he talks But about I think they were both practical men who said, you know, it's not. It's not well. It's not that I'm better than you. It's like this doesn't this work is the out. Way it works. Right. Yeah. This, this, this doesn't is work. It is. This is exactly. not a good idea because it never ends well. Yeah. And she comes back more sophisticated than basically everybody. Right. There. So her station is definitely. Uh, that's a good she, point. Do you, do you yeah. think people walk away from the movie thinking she was too good for Larabee's uh, to a certain I point? I do. Well, definitely she's. Especially yeah. the part when Linus when he reveals kind of what's going on and. And um, he says, you got in the way. And she goes, how inconvenient of me. You know, yeah. How inconsiderate of me is what she says. And yeah. just how she carries herself. She's very elegant. And she just says, she takes a ticket and just kind of walks out and says, thank you. She calls him Mr. Will Larrabee instead of Linus. Which clearly indicates she's showing the status or, you know. And, and plus, and like, I don't care. Like, I don't really care for yeah. the money. I have no interest That's in exactly whatsoever. what she said. Yeah. She says, I was happy in Paris. Yeah. She says, I think you could have been too. And then walked out. And I was like, good for her. You know, mm-hmm. like. Um, so I definitely think that Sabrina, even though she wasn't born into class, I certainly think she probably is the classiest, um, person in the whole film with, I would say in some ways, you know, the highest degree of integrity. Well, it comes from her upbringing too. We talked about how the father and, you know, the the mother who had died, but obviously had been a big influence beforehand, Mm -hmm. you know, that, you know, they had, you know. It doesn't really. You don't need wealth to have you know, a more good moral center. Exactly. Right. Well, she has a lot. Of, it seems like she has education. 
she has means. She's, they're not poor. I mean, they're the right. help, but they're definitely. I mean, she could go to the parents and That's take true. a couple of like, How did yeah. they get the money to send her a parent? Yeah, I was wondering the same paid, thing. I'm pretty you know? sure he was fair child. was probably paid well. Yeah. Even though he was a chauffeur. I mean, Laramie's probably too Well, plus, you more. think about it. No food costs, no housing costs. That's what I mean. I mean, yeah. all, yeah. any salary you got was it. I mean, and her apartment was nice. I mean, that's nice. Thinking, you know, when, you, yeah. when she pans around that room, I'm like, holy crap, that's <laughs> yeah. the nicest room above garage yeah. ever. <laughs> I, I love, though, that the movie paints it like this is the tale of two cities. Like, well, no, they're really just like just an ultra wealthy family, but then an upper class family exactly. on top of that. That's yeah, really what that is. It's not like a hut behind the garage. I know. This is not my fair lady. Let's put it that way when it comes to class differences. Yeah. He's a show. I mean, he's a chauffeur. So once they're at the party, he's, his job's done. You can go eat a sandwich in the kitchen. Chill out. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I but, mean, uh, just to put this in perspective, if Audrey's father in this movie met Audrey's father in My Fair Lady, he would be a snob. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny you little. mentioned that. Yeah. Uh, My Fair Lady, because uh, we were talking about uh, Sabrina Fair. She, uh, the one little tidbit I got out that the reason they changed part of the reason they changed the title because they didn't want it to like. People have uh, think of Vanity Fair and like kind of more yeah. highbrow, kind yeah. of snobbery kind of thing. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Like how much thought goes into all those little pieces. Like, oh, so they know, just like, called it Sabrina, which I, I think was way better than calling it Sabrina. I Fair. do too. So much is in a name, you know. Yeah. Names are so crucial to I think defining a character. Like yeah. uh, Sabrina, obviously, is a great name for this character because it has kind of a fairy tale lint to it. it you does. know, it yeah. does. And it's also elegant, but it's uncommon. You know. At the yeah. time, it had to be very uncommon. Oh, interesting. That'd be something I need to look up later. How many, uh, what, how that name spiked from that movie from 1954 probably. to like 19. It still is a really uncommon name. I mean, think right. about it. Have you ever encountered any real life Sabrinas? No, probably no. maybe not. You know, maybe that's to the point to like we're talking about uh, yeah. Mr. Larrabee, the dad. Like, you know, who that's names right. their kid this? I mean, because yeah. you know, normally like that, you would think it would it'd be a huge spike. You know, all these, you know. You know, five-year-olds in kindergarten in 1959 were all named Sabrina, but it didn't seem yeah. to happen. Now I think about it. I mean, you just don't really run into people. No. No. I mean, except for a cat here in Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's the about it. Cat so there's one. Cat. There's one. Who's sleeping on your coat, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Well, you know, it, it, there could be worse company for the coat. I have animals. So <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a raincoat, so no hair sticking to it. I planned ahead. I'm good. So, what do you guys think overall? What's your overall impression after having watched this film? Like, how would you sum it up for, your, for yourself? We'll start with Tony, of course. Um, I mean, I still really, I, I really love this film. I think it is the quintessential um, rom-com. Yeah, it really is. Um, it's a fun fairy tale. It's very sparkly. If I had to, you know, describe it in... Like one word, I'd probably say very sparkly, you know, vibrant. Um, I can see where some folks might think it drags a little bit. Um, obviously, because it's from 1954, it's very heavily um, dialogue-driven, which for some people, you know, especially the younger generation or more modern, it's kind of harder to follow. Um, but I think it's a lot of fun. I think it was a very wise and smart choice for a second film for Audrey. Um, I personally really like the story. It's your classic, trans, you know, Cinderella story. It's your transformation story. And of course, everybody falls in love with the main character, and they want her to be happy in the end. And we think, you know, that's what happens. Um, yeah, I mean, I love it. I think it holds up. I definitely do think there are some maybe dated elements to it. You know, it is filmed in black and white. It's heavy on the dialogue. Um, but ultimately, I think the story is um, really, like, interchangeable. I mean, hence why they did that remake. Classic story. Right, right. I agree with that. Yeah. About due for another one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll be Sabrina. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, I, I liked it a lot. I, uh, it's 
very entertaining. I think it's slow in the beginning. It takes like 30 minutes before they get into the the heart of the movie. I mean, it takes a long time building up the fact that she's a chauffeur's daughter. <laughs> but the dialogue and then her trying to... Kill. I don't get the suicide scene. I don't think you need that in this movie. I don't really understand why yeah. that... I think she can, you know, be more dreamy, look at the moon and get to that point. Um, and I don't like the fact that she ends up with Linus. I think if I were writing a script for this movie, not that I would be better than Billy Wilder, but I think David would change a little bit as a character. No, he would say the same, but he would he would change. He would kind of say, like, he could say, like, I'm the only one that's honest with you. You know, mm -hmm. my brother. Which, in many ways, he did kind of change. He yeah, did grow exactly. as a character. But Linus would be the one giving up. He, Linus would fall in love with her, and then he would give up, you know. Although, it doesn't seem like she has. She chooses Linus. I don't know. All I know is that. <laughs> yeah, it is very complicated. The, the, the reason, I think there's a really... <laughs> really important reason why they end this movie on the kiss because afterwards I think they have nothing in common they did yeah. kiss they yeah. actually hugged hugged her oh, alright but uh yeah there <laughs> you go yeah, and the scene fade out <laughs> I, I just think we're shortchanged on the the chemistry is off the you know the wall of William Holden and her I mean it's yeah. just there and it's good with well they were having an affair in real life but it seems more paternal it always yeah. seems more paternal more you know you know like I'm giving you good advice as you know you know, she's kind of breaking them down. Like, more friendly. It doesn't seem romantic with her and Humphrey. It seems more friendly, more um, paternal, and like talking to an uncle or something. I like it. I the chemistry of those two. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think the scenes of him and, and David kind of end after, the, once it gets into the Humphrey Bogart-Audrey romance part, that kind of, yeah. those two fun scenes, they kind of, so I guess I'm just shortchanged on the, the really fun scenes. You would like to see more interaction between Humphrey and William Holden and, and William Holden and Audrey. Right. Because that's where I think the most fun scenes in this movie came from. Um, but yeah. I think they kind of, for some reason, went the route they did. I don't think, I, I would like them to go another route. But the movie as a whole is really fun. Everybody, like I like Humphrey Bogart, does a great job. He, his character is really interesting. But just kind of like plot stuff, you know, like. See, I, I mean, I don't know. I guess I'd have to disagree there. I don't really think Linus Larrabee is that interesting of a character. I think Dave is kind of more interesting. Yeah. In some ways, in, in terms, yeah. you know, in terms of. Well, he's much more fun. He's much yeah, more. Yeah, like I'd like to yeah. see more. I'd like. I wish we could have gotten to know David a little bit better because I don't really think he's this. I do think he does grow a lot, and you can see that even in just the short scenes that we do have with him at the end of the film. And I agree with Scott on that. I do think. Watch the remake. That has nothing to do with this one. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying they took the, what you're talking about. And they changed the it. The same idea. Good. Yes. Okay. Good, because I feel like I, I agree with you on the fact that I had some issues with the chemistry and their relationship with Linus and Sabrina. It just didn't seem viable to me. I wasn't buying like it. Like all these criticisms, they actually, I think, yeah. took advice to when they made the remake. Yeah. I'll, have to, uh, I'll have to see that remake. They, it, it was fun to watch it, is that you'll see, like, oh, I, I see what they did here because of you know what, I, what we wanted to see in the first one. Well, yeah. the big thing is, it, she doesn't mention Linus at all. In the beginning of the movie, it's all oh, about David. It is yeah. all about David. So they they build all this thing that she's in love with David, and she goes with Linus, which is kind of just weird, you know? Because they 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 tell you they, they they smash you over the head. She's in love with David. She's in love with David. That's what two you want. days, two yeah. days with yeah. Linus. Yeah, yeah, two days with Linus, and she ends up with him, which is so yeah. kind of weird. David was with Sabrina for two minutes and fell over there. But in fairness to that, though, <laughs> in fairness to that, though, I'll say this. 
Um, she was infatuated with, with David in a very superficial way. Yeah. She did not have a really yeah. strong, like, deep-seated tie to him. Yeah. Where Linus was a, a man of substance, who kind of un- they could, could relate to each other on things they didn't have. That's things did not come oh, easily yeah, to them. Yeah. That's that's wow. why they bonded. I mean, Linus, true. Uh, David, everything was handed to David. David never had a lot of conflict, or you know, yeah. but er- he was handed to Linus as well. True, but Linus had he took it around, and he had he yeah. had loss in his life. He had felt loss and and different well, aspects of his life. I wish we could have gotten to know David a little bit better because I think if we could have had more scenes with David and Audrey, David and Sabrina, we maybe could have seen that. He could have opened up to her. I don't know. David's like a baby pool. No matter how far out you go, it's staying the same depth. I mean, yeah. I don't think it would I don't have know. Been. See, I think that's unfair because we never really were given a chance to get to know him. Well, I think we're Not supposed really. to. Know, but yeah, I don't. I, I think we to. do know. I, I think Frank has a point. I think we. I think we know David as well if we're going to know David because I don't think David had a lot of depth to him. There's some people you just meet who are just. Intrinsically shallow, and he was fine with it. That was just him. He yeah, was, he was just happy being shallow. He was, you know? he was, he was, he was genuine. He was genuine as a person. He was like, okay, this is how I am. I'm fine with it. Fine. I don't want to be anything else. Right. Yeah. I, I think, and I definitely think, um, you know, modern the way we view that kind of relationship now, modern is uh, we would. I think it's more common back then that an older man, thirty years, someone. Well, it is common now, but I think. Uh, the way movies are made, whenever they have that type of relationship now, I think there's, I've seen a lot where there's like an older guy and there's a woman and they befriend each other. It's always kind of platonic. You know, it's like, it's always kind of like platonic. They, they're friends. And, uh, and I just, I, that's how I saw that relationship. It was like he was giving her advice and it just seemed very, well, he was like a caregiver. Well, now it's kind of trite though to do like, oh, yeah. of course he's with the younger woman. You know, yeah. maybe, you know, 54, maybe it's quite yeah. not trite, of course. Yeah. 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 I, it's funny though because all of them I think are good in this movie it's just like the characters I, I it, it, like I said they hug and then I just yeah, think yeah it was just something was <laughs> off and I don't know it, it, it's not a great script in terms of the development of the characters in the sense like it's kind of cluttered because yeah. I think the issues you're getting at are more this is cluttered it's not clear we're not maybe there are not enough scenes that show us the real build between her and Linus and maybe showing that David's more maybe David needed to be more of an asshole I, I think that might have been, yeah. He maybe needed to be, be more nice of a guy. Yeah. He actually turned out to be the nice guy, where, like I said, Linus was really the snake in the grass, in all truth. But this is very common with these movies. A lot of build-up, a lot of build-up, and then yeah. things he's really accelerate even more, faster and faster, and all of a sudden, happy ending. Yeah. And then it's like, oh! That's true. <laughs> like, like, if I were Sabrina, I would have walked out of there with my ticket to Paris, and I would have kept my dignity. Like, if I would have saw him on the boat, I would have been like, that ship sailed. Yeah, yeah. Like, I wouldn't have went with him because it's been... like, how who, do you really love me? Like, why are you here? I would be like, I would have a lot of questions. And I would just be like, you know what? Like, you people change, but that, I don't buy that you really love me. You were going to, you basically sold me. You were shipping me off to Paris because I was getting in the way of your financial future. But it's the essence things, of like, rom com. I don't want to fall in love with you, but did anyways. That's the essence of every yeah. rom-com. Yeah, but yeah. it's not viable. Maybe it's because we don't have enough time or there aren't enough scenes in which we see it. It just, like like I say, the whole the ending was so weird for me. And it always has been. 
Well, I think it's this, like, this I don't the, believe it. I just don't believe it. This needed like a Casablanca ending where neither of this, both of those guys, yeah, right. yeah. yeah that's yeah. probably. Yeah. I agree with yeah. that. I yes. think that that like that's, she, like, she, she goes up to Paris and like they say, you know what? She she even went past us. You know, we. Yeah. I think it would have been cuter if it ended with her like back in Paris, like happily getting to Paris and then yeah. maybe opening up her own bakery or something. It would have been so cute to have her. Showing people how to cook, or, or maybe and she had two dogs, and said, Linus and David. And Linus and David, exactly. <laughs> and maybe she did like the crack new egg, and that would have been like a cute kind of happy ending where she still is happy doing her life in Paris. And then... well, you also but we have to remember we are questioning Billy Wilder by yeah. the way. Yeah, I know. Yeah. 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 We got to be a little exactly. careful. And damn it, we are, <laughs> <laughs> Billy. You failed on this script, but, and you could have made it. If they better. were writing the script as they were shooting it, there was a, they had a lot of yeah. It probably was pertaining to that kind of thing. A lot of like and. Um, also, I think the thing is, there's not a lot of information between the relationship between Humphrey and Audrey. Or, right. Uh, yeah, uh, that's uh, what like, I mean. You don't get a lot. Like, why is she so in love with him? Yeah. Like, she don't. You, she she feels sad for him. You you get that, and she cares for him. But why is she romantically in love? I with guess her? we're supposed to imply that she sees the real Linus. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what it is. It's like she's attracted to the sadness in Bogart. And Bogart was kind of a sex symbol back then too, yeah, for that yeah. reason. And the, you know the. The lonely, sad, you know, the, the rugged exterior and the lonely sadness in the, in the interior. I think that appealed. Like, Casablanca is one of the most romantic films ever made. And he wasn't that much younger in that well, film. No, but yeah, I feel like he had better chemistry with Ingrid Bergman. Oh, he did. And there was yeah. just more romance. You bought that they were in love. There was... No, but they, because in that movie, it's all about the love they had. Exactly. I mean, what the movie yeah. we're watching now is all about loss and heartbreak. Yeah. And yeah. What we didn't get and what it could have could have been. I mean, yeah. which is that's Humphrey's wheelhouse. I mean, <laughs> and romance was probably shoehorned into this story yeah. anyway because it had to have romance because the marketed and everything. Yeah. I think that, I think there was a lot of it seemed like there it seemed like a studio ending to a movie that would yeah, be better just, off with. Uh, yeah. It seemed like a very un like not more of a Sunset Boulevard Lost Weekend yeah. kind of ending. Yeah, if you did it like Sunset Boulevard, that kind of cynicism to it. Yeah. But kind yeah. of a happy cynicism where neither of them get the girl, but the girl, they Doesn't kind of realize, play. oh, this whole time we didn't, we ignored her, and now she's going to ignore us. Well, I think Sabrina, I mean, you could, I, I can make a case for it. You could, you could, you could edit that movie a slightly different way, and you come much darker, much faster. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. easily, easily. Well, you see it too, right? For yeah. one, she could die of suicide in the beginning. That would have yeah, been yeah. radically told, different. It's all told in uh, like yeah. Sunset Boulevard. Right, know? yeah, exactly. Flashback. He could have saved director I would have gone that route. myself, and this is why, yeah. Right. He's two brothers. But you know what I thought was interesting about... It? Here's a couple things. I mean, it was kind of an interesting, kind of almost photo-negative of Roman Holiday, right? In Roman mm-hmm. Holiday, she's rich and she wants to be poor, and here she's poor and... You know, mature, but it's still about a development, becoming this full person that she wasn't before, which is kind of neat. But the problem for me for Sabrina, and I've mentioned the other ones, but I think part of the problem is when you, when you look at the pantheon of Billy Wilder movies, I mean, it doesn't really stack up to me things like The Apartment, you no. know, Sunset Boulevard, yeah. Lost Weekend, yeah. Seven Year Itch even. I mean, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have that like to me like, oh my God, I can watch this movie a thousand times and never get tired of them, you know? This is like know. a great movie to watch if you're sick from work. Yeah. You're at home work, you know, it's like a bubblegum rom-com. That's why I say it's kind of like a... Fairy tale Cinderella type. It's almost like a Disney movie come to life, kind of like. Oh, Sabrina. You know, and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's I, very, you're right. It's very, very t- fairy tale. Yeah. But his yeah. other movies all had a, a very, really yes. dark cynicism undertone. I thought too, um, especially heavy. like the apartment. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. yeah. But, this movie's very light. Yeah, it's supposed to be though. Yeah. I, yeah. I, think, I think it would, but I think the actors, um, I think especially Humphrey Bogart, he's always 
he can handle that like cynicism because that's what he is. I mean, yeah. that's, that's his character is, is that. And to have a happy ending with him is kind of weird. Like, he's yeah. just kind of like he's driving the boat. Even he looks disinterested. God damn it. This he, ending yeah, is not he, the way. I get the shooting about yeah. the handle a gun, though. I bet he put that I gotta have a gun. Yeah, he probably. Have, gotta have a gun. That yeah, was probably his prerequisite. You know, I, I agree with a lot of you guys. Like, uh, like I, I don't think it, it stacks up. It's like a four-star movie versus a five-star movie yeah. in the Pantheon of Wilder films. Like, you know, it's not a Sunset Boulevard. It's not The Apartment. But I think it's a solid four-star romance, you know. Yeah. I think it's a little more, let's say it has a richer flavor than a lot of rom-coms that we know as modern yeah. rom Like, I'd rather watch this than Pretty Woman. Let's face it. If we're going to compare, you well, know, I think there's an elevated status. Movie, but, you know, I like that light yeah. fluff thing, too. So that, yeah. you know, that kind of goes counter to what kind of things that might, you know, I'm really into, you know, Sabrina. But not that it's not a good movie. I mean, it's always been recognized as one. Yeah, it, it in is. Fact, in fact, in Pretty Woman, she, oh, no, she's watching charades. Oh, yeah. Uh, that night. Which yeah, is, there's a scene where she's watching charades. I think the one thing with Audrey, she's, she was always paired with these aging megastars. Oh, it's like, like, like I said, it was four in a row where all the actors were old enough to be her father. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's the second of four. Though, it wasn't in that one. Yeah. With, um, right. Someone with, that's, name, yeah. Um, with a terrible actor. Oh, my God. I <laughs> oh, yeah. well, she, did, she did Roman Holiday with yeah. the pack. Sabrina with I'll get to that later. Warren yeah. Pace and Henry Fonda and yeah. Freddie Face with Fred Astaire. Oh, talk about age difference. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. And then Love in the Afternoon with Cooper, who wasn't that much that older, much but older, still but yeah. 20 years. Yeah. And then she did Sprex of Tiffany's with, um, why can't I remember his name? Why can't anybody remember it? Because Paul Barjack is the character's name. I know. We're talking about George Papard. That's oh, it. God. Uh. And he was about her age, though. I mean, that was like a... Wait, wait you made the face. Why you made the face? That was awesome. <laughs> oh, not the movie. George too. Papard. I, 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 like, that, that'll be saved for that podcast. But, but he's I, supposed to be David. He's perfect. I just think he's a stiff actor. He's not a very good actor, I guess. It's uh. just kind of like a, a pretty face. Like, I'd rather have a Bogart or a Cary Grant, even if they're aging... Over kind well, of the Sabrina works because they make they draw. I mean, they also they draw on Sabrina a little bit. Grant's more of a natural fit for that kind of yeah. chemistry, you know, with but, a, with a leading lady yeah, well, than what's Bogart. His name? Popart, not uh, but he's supposed to be a bimbo. I mean, that's yeah, his he role. is. True. Yeah, Paul Barjack so, yeah. is a male. He's basically Holly's equivalent. Uh, yeah, uh. he is. He's a he's a he's co-worker. a cowboy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah cowboy. <laughs> well, I think that was it. Uh, <laughs> he is. Uh, He's a tie between Audrey and Mr. T. That's basically <laughs> what he exists for in, in our... Uh, I think the... What's the one... Sabrina! Uh, uh, I thought maybe she meowed for us. Uh, what was her name? Peter O'Toole was around her age. Yes! And that, that worked. Yeah, that, that oh, worked. Peter O'Toole is so good in that. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Ladies, watch it. The blue eyes will hook you in. He was about her age then? Yeah, yeah he so was. He would have been, yeah, been the David, and David would have yeah. been. He would have been then, great, yeah. And then David would have been Linus. I mean, well, William uh, Holden was good. I mean, I think that could be three. William Holden is Linus, and Peter O'Toole is David? Yeah, that would have yeah, been Yeah, that would have been interesting. I think the casting was good done call. well. There was just something. There was a disconnect with Linus and Sabrina. It's kind of my thing. But I think all the actors are great. I think they were well-suited for the roles. <laughs> Whether it was the writing or the chemistry... Or the exterior th- things going on um, in Humphrey Bogart's life. I don't know what it was, but there was just something weird well, that it, is like that disconnect for mm-hmm. me between the, that relationship. Well, I think the other thing is Lauren Bacall is 
with Pogi, and she just gave it back. And that's those are all yeah. the women that yeah, you, did, you always saw that women that was back to the Humphrey. He, he did well with really strong women, yeah. like you said, like Ingrid and Kate uh, Humphrey, yeah, yeah. yeah, well, the African Queen, which yeah. I haven't seen yet, and I always wanted to see, but, but I she would be the type great. to give it back to him. Oh, yeah. yeah, and I mean, okay. she she's playful, but she's not like gonna hit you in the soul. She gets and, more yeah. playful as her career progresses. Yeah. I think charade. She's kind of throwing new zingers back at Cary Grant. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. and it's more playful. Just like but a you're right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Like even Lumber Call at her young age yeah. was much more of a strong personality to stand up to, yeah. to Bogart. Well, there's those zingers, those sarcastic, yeah. sarcasm, and those are the things that you always thought that Humphrey yeah. would go for. Yeah. You didn't think he'd go for, like, charm or just kind of girlish charm that Audrey embodies beyond, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, she's like a superhero with that stuff. You know, she just... Well, cute faces and, and like you know the, the good lines well Linus obviously fell for women who yeah. could break his heart and yeah. then, I mean I mean that didn't seem like the kind of Mm-mm. that there would not have been Sabrina's in his past no yeah. and probably never in his future either oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mic <nice>. drop <laughs> well you know like I, like I said I agreed with most of you guys like with a lot of comments you were making like I, I do think like there are issues with a lot of the relationships. I still think it's a good, solid romance. I still recommend it. Yeah, Yeah, like I said, it's a four-star movie versus like a five-star movie. Um, The cast is terrific. You get to see Mm -hmm. these three legendary performers together. And one of the things I always do whenever we end one of our podcasts is, you know, I think the best place to watch classic films or any film for that matter outside of a movie theater is on Blu-ray, which is like a really good format where you have pristine images and everything. And Sabrina is on Blu-ray. It was released a couple years ago in 2014. It has a lot of different special features and documentaries on it. So I would would recommend for people that have an interest in this movie, hint, uh, they they might... Or see it at Kappa. Go to see it on the big screen. Right, yeah. If you have an opportunity to see any of these films on the big screen in in your local area, please check it. Well, I want to thank uh, Frank for joining us today. This was an amazing yes. time, you. Frank. We had a great time today. Had a blast. Yeah. I've got just a, uh, well, I guess we'll just do our plug session. Yeah. Um, so June 25th, which is a Saturday, uh, Idiot Box is doing a um, sketch comedy show at Cafe Kerouac in uh, the Coltonville area at 8 p.m., no cover charge. So if you want to see um, myself, Sean, and Scott do some comedy, come on down. Uh, we'd love to have you. You can follow Idiot Box um, on Facebook. It's Idiot Box Improv, I think, is the uh, handle. Idiot Box Comedy or Idiot Box Improv. Either yeah. way, the logo is like a vintage TV box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Be sure to like us. Be sure to check Cinema Wheel or Tay out on Facebook. Yes, yes. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter, and uh, please follow us on there. Yeah. And also, if you happen to listen to us on either Podbean or especially iTunes, you could always give us. A five-star rating, if you can. It always helps us out. Not that we want to beg for the best yeah. possible rating. This uh, was a five-star episode. Yeah. We don't yeah. want to be a Sabrina podcast. We want to be a Sunset Boulevard That's podcast. Right. That's yes. kind of what we're in. I'm mildly insulted by that, but I'll take <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, uh, follow us on all those uh, social media outlets. And uh, um, you can find us performing in various places in yeah. town. And whether it's Scott the Man, which is Scott's one-man troupe, or I'm in... Improv Troop C Thursday, mm-hmm. yeah. and we have a variety of other projects. OCAO as well. That's right, the Ovarian Cancer Alliance of Ohio. Um, we're getting ready for our big 5K in September. I'm on the uh, board of directors for the organization, as well as I serve as the volunteer coordinator, and we are looking for fantastic volunteers to help us for our 5K in September. So if you're interested in volunteering, give me a shout out um, 
on any one of the social media sites. You can send us a private message or just comment. Um, we'd love to get you involved. And if you want to check out more about the organization, you can find it at www.ocao.org. Wow, I was going to give a plug for disc golf, and I felt like I was a lightweight. <laughs> <laughs> just, just plug anything randomly, and you'll, you'll be good. Yeah. If you guys are looking for someone to be your mascot, contact Frank. Yeah, well, there you go. Yes. I look, On anything, just to have a face randomly. for a costume, yeah, definitely. Yes, he does. <laughs> well, thank you very much, everybody, for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. I'm not just pulling that old line of haven't we met somewhere before. We have met some. You don't live here. Yes, I do. I live here. Hi, neighbor. <laughs>